0: I'm Max.
1: I'm Zolivier Nelson Jr.
2: And I'm Jim, and this is Topic Lords, the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. Max, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug?
0: I'm Max Yamasaki, and I would like to plug that uh, in Washington, now, if you go and get your license renewed, or your state ID, uh, they now ask you if you prefer that on your ID... It says male, female, or non-binary. And a bunch of people worked real hard to make that the case. So there's a little bit of uh, fun news if you want uh, an additional cool X on some government documents.
2: Yeah, very cool. Uh, Nelson, would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug?
1: Yeah, I'm Zalver Nelson Jr. I'm a game developer for the past seven years. And uh, the latest thing, I don't know when this episode comes out, but... As of recording, in two days, we're launching an experimental open-world strand-type game called Witch Strandings, and that is available exclusively, currently, via Steam.
2: Did you say a strand game?
1: Strand-type game. Yeah. Strand game is trademarked.
2: Oh, oh, yeah. So does that mean, (laughs) so is this a game where you, like, go hiking and use the triggers to balance, or Uh, or, or, or would it be a spoiler (laughs) to explain what this genre is?
1: So, I've talked about this genre a few times. I think I can sum it up pretty succinctly at this point. I believe that uh, at first we were like, Oh, Kojima, the strand game is going to be a new genre. What are you talking about? Um, and then I played the game, and I saw the light.
2: I mean, there's a lot of new stuff in there, but but any subset of it could become the genre.
1: Yeah, I think there's three things to make a uh, traditional strand like The first is uh, nurturing. Mm-hmm. You must be caring for uh things on the meta and on the individual level. Uh the second part is transportation. You nurture things by taking things from one location to another, uh picking up and dropping, uh creating structures whatever the case may be. Your transportation is a critical piece of the traditional Trantech game. And the third major layer It's physicality, which was what binds it all together. What makes it? What makes the nurturing not feel bad slash weird? What makes the uh, transportation not feel dead or arbitrary? What makes uh, the systems come alive? What makes nurturing feel good and uh, necessary and challenging in the way that any good thing usually does? It's the physicality, uh, or in this case, uh, the triggers being pulled uh, to retain your balance. That does that, and we found a way to uh, take those three elements and synthesize them into yeah this top down open world game inspired by uh, Ghibli films uh, and things like Coraline, all sorts of dark fantasy, including Jim Henson stuff, where you are a spirit of light in a forest that has been ruled by and uh, in many fundamental ways corrupted by a witch, and you are transforming it day by day through uh, acts of uh, dedicated love.
2: Wow, this, this sounds very interesting. Can
0: I ask what the physicality uh, is like in it?
1: Yes, so uh, in this game, you physically inhabit your mouse cursor. So uh, when you move the mouse, your character moves too. When you get stranded in uh, a thing of quicksand, you have to slowly but firmly push your mouse forward to get through that quicksand, when uh, you're about to encounter something very dangerous and you're trying to frantically pull back, you're also slapping slash sliding that uh, mouse across the desk. Um, it, a lot of things in our systems and structures and digital worlds explicitly are almost feeling designed to make you bend around the thing you're using rather than the thing bending around you, computerized products in many ways can end up being dehumanizing, taking away your agency, your knowledge of what's happening under the hood, and also the idea uh, that this thing can or should work around your brain instead of you doing whatever the UX designer somewhere thousands of miles away decided uh, would be the optimal route for you to go. Uh, and would also direct you past the most ads so taking a game that really transformed the way you relate to what can feel like a mundane cursor the the basic interaction of using a computer was a really exciting opportunity Uh, and we were terrified that someone else would uh, get there first so we were like we gotta make this game and this was in the middle of uh, space warlords development Uh, when we took a small break to finish up our biz dev uh, to figure out where Space Warlord would launch. Uh, This is Space Warlord Organ Trading Simulator for those not familiar with uh, the full story or or my work. And um, uh, we finished Space Warlord. We shipped it. We did post-launch updates. We found a publisher for this game, uh, Modern Wolf. We uh, ended up basically launching this game that was 95% finished like a year and a half ago after (laughs) about a year and a half. And still no one has, ha, has made the thing that we were terrified someone else would get to. For-
2: you could have waited another year and a half and it would have been fine.
1: Yeah, I'm realizing that. I'm realizing that all the things that my, bra- my weird brain says, oh man, someone obviously also thought of this and is going to beat me to the punch and, and I will be left bereft in, in the, the height of uh, higher powers. Ain't no one trying to make a game where you play uh shuffleboard on a mario golf power meter using the oblivion persuasion wheel that's that's not a risk uh and that is an actual game we're working on right
0: now i empathize with that uh fear a lot though because sometimes sometimes it is real sometimes it is the case that someone else is making the hyper exact thing that you wanted to make uh or are making and i've like sunk a lot of time into and uh the ones that the universe does that for is so unpredictable that it leaves you with so much fear.
1: <laughs> I, I think there's also a degree to which it, it's overhyped the idea of uh of another thing existing like yours and validating your own. Uh I think in most cases that is not indeed the case. There's still an audience for you. It might, if anything, establish more of an audience for you to have several things that people like existing at the same time so that they can bounce between them.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think I remember reading that if you're opening a bar, you actually want to be in a place where there are already a bunch of bars because that's where people go to drink, for example.
0: Yeah. All the hospitals in my city are all uh, all together. So that must be the case. I guess so.
1: Another for-profit institution. Yeah.
2: Yeah. My, so my feeling is related, but distinct, which is that I am desperate for someone else to start making Frog Fractions games, and nobody has yet. I'm just, they're just, there's are slacking.
0: Mm. Do you think Pony Island was sort of a, it's not the same thing, but definitely. I, yeah, I think. There's been a bunch of things that people compare to Frog Fractions.
2: Especially if you look at like the entire Daniel Mullins oeuvre Like, Pony Island is the most this-is-frog-fractions of them all. But yeah, yeah, I I see what you're saying. I actually um, didn't think... I didn't like Pony Island, so maybe what I mean is a good frog-fractions game. (laughs) Are we ready to start on some topics?
1: Yeah. Sure am.
2: Uh, Nelson, your topic is the number of random numbers you can dial before you contact someone who's expecting you.
1: So, this has some spiritual alignment with the the idea of a creepypasta right you dial a random number and it is someone who is expecting you but it is also reality in this modern world that we are connected to a lot of people that's very likely you might eventually accidentally dial a friend dial uh, an extension of a a loved one or dial a nightmare creature from the abyss waiting by the phone for your call so either way um we would love to officially invite everybody listening to Topic Lords to start dialing random numbers uh, until they meet a uh, dreadful end and make sure that you're recording that in a found footage style so that we can uh, make your legacy live on and answer this question definitively because we, we just don't have the data to judge right you, now.
2: You can also, you're also allowed to stop if you like, if you call your mom accidentally, that's also a valid answer to this question. Yeah, You don't have to
0: die. Those things um, seem equally likely.
2: Yeah, I, I, yes. There's. A, you know, everybody has exactly one mom and exactly one faceless creature waiting by the phone. Yeah.
0: It's kind of like
1: phone number minesweeper.
0: <laughs> very weirdly, I've tried this exact thing. <laughs> w- what? War dialing? Yeah. Uh, so I think of birthday parties as, and have for a very, very long time, uh, as like a time when I can force all of my friends to engage uh in my weird game design <laughs> it's it's uh, their gift to you yeah that's that's what I consider it is that they're required to do my shenanigans and so I think uh when I was 21 maybe they've they've kind of regulated this a little more uh but used to be able to get like I noticed that uh prepaid phones would just be like the flip phones would be on sale for as low as like four or five dollars and that's because you pay for the minutes but uh they come with like 20 free minutes and it doesn't cost anything to ring them if you don't answer and so for a birthday party one time i got a bunch of burner phones (laughs) and i set one phone in the middle of the table uh and i gave i divided my friends up into teams uh and i gave them each uh Another phone uh and they each team had two of the digits uh of the phone in the middle of the table uh and it was uh intended to be kind of an information game of the teams kind of negotiating with each other to get more of the information uh and the first person to ring the phone in the middle of the table uh won how'd it go uh it was pretty good. The thing that I was hoping would happen happened. Uh, which is because I gave them each a burner phone, people were much more willing to just dial random numbers. And so two of the teams had a number dialer who was essentially kind of trying this, uh, but in a less fun Eldridge way, uh, where they were just going through all of the numbers uh, that contained uh, the two numbers in the positions they knew uh, and just trying them all. And just seeing if the phone in the middle of the table would ring. So did they know the area code? Uh, they thought they did. <laughs> uh, but I, I had been a little tricky. Wow. So <laughs> the area code was hidden in the environment. Uh, and they didn't know that initially. <laughs>
1: did you have to end up giving them a hint? Or did they figure out everything themselves?
0: They did figure out everything themselves. It, It actually resolved faster than I anticipated which I feel like is the better of the, the results. But yeah, I think it resolved in about, like, it was less than 20 minutes. They figured out that they another piece of information they could give each other was the phone numbers of the phones that they were using. And they realized from this that uh the phone numbers of the phones they had were not of the same area code and that the two of the phone numbers were sequential. And so that gave them a little bit of possible information about the phone and the table and then i think one group gave away both their digits so then another group had enough of the digits and a good guess as to the area code uh that they could just try all the numbers and they got it
2: yeah yeah that's intense uh nelson would you say that since max came up with this game before you did that yours has been completely invalidated
1: (laughs) um in mine Uh, there's a good chance you can fucking die. So I'd say that we bring something unique to the market.
0: Okay, all right. All right. Yeah, that's true. Players will leave mine en masse uh, when they die uh, in yours. So I would say that you really cornered the market. Uh,
1: It's called uh, Fast Follower, and it worked really well for Fortnite. Uh, So I'm just walking the paths of giants, really.
2: I I do want to point out before we move on to the next topic, I made a throwaway reference to war dialing, but it is, in many respects, what you are talking about. the The concept is that a, a war dialer is like a, a program that you run on a computer with a mo- like an old classic, dial up modem that will dial all the numbers in the range you give it, and it will come back come back to you with a list of which ones accepted the connection as a modem, mm. which is a, a way to find uh computers you can talk to in your local area
1: (laughs) interesting and so this is uh it it is very much inhabiting the whole um war games fantasy uh, yes
2: in fact i think it was named after the movie
1: government computer that has all of the video games from nintendo right uh, and you're gonna you're gonna hack the mainframe
0: right yes and start world war three Zalavier, is it is this the new version of uh the turing test is like to to know whether a computer is truly sentient, you have it dial every number until it meets its existential horrible end. And if it meets its existential horrible end, uh, you know that it was conscious.
1: That's a good point, because the computer would have to have a soul for it to be sucked through
0: the <laughs> phone. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've really nailed it.
1: The unfortunate dark corollary to this is this is also how you could test animal cognition. So everybody's saying that dolphins are really smart. We'll see how smart they are. Uh, when they meet uh, the being beyond the abyss. I'm not believing that a single dolphin uh, has consciousness or a soul uh, until I've seen one uh, slain through a uh, chunky cell phone from the 90s large enough to reach their ears.
2: Get on it, dolphins. Yeah. Impress us. (laughs) Are we ready for another topic?
1: Sure. I think we are.
2: Max, your topic is pocket version of your art. Mini games, mini sculpture, mini songs.
0: Yeah, people get posters of paintings they like a lot. Um, but a thing that I see in Japan, but not as much in the U.S., uh, is people getting miniatures of sculptures. Uh, sure. And it's 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 pretty popular to have like gachapon machines uh, where you have like you put in money and you get uh, you put in some coins and you get like a random thing in a ball that they'll be. Art series where um, various like famous galleries or things will license art to be uh, miniature in in the little balls, uh, and then you can have like a collection of famous sculptures uh, but very small. Uh, and I really enjoy this because uh, one of my favorite sculptures in the world is a giant tower, and so I have no hopes of. Well, not no hopes. I do still hold on to childhood hope of being a supervillain and like stealing towers uh for my private collection. But um barring that in this economy, uh I just want to have a little miniature of like places and sculptures that I want. And I was wondering if there was like miniature versions of your favorite games where you'd want like like people do like a demake of things, but like What would you want a little small version of? I had a thing going for a while
2: back when ringtones were still culturally acceptable instead of everybody putting their phone on vibrate where I would. I figured out how to get ringtones onto my flip phone. The customer support dude said you couldn't do it, but I figured it out. So fuck you, customer support dude. (laughs) I just cut down like a bunch of my favorite songs to like, here is... The most important 15 seconds. Nice. Maybe with a little bit of context, like a few seconds of context before the 15 seconds, and set those as ringtones for my everybody I talked to on the phone. And that was a that was a fun little project. And I remember like listen like loading up that directory in Winamp and just listening to everything in a row. I don't know if either of you are old enough to know about this, but for a while there was like a genre of TV commercial. Where they were trying to sell you like compilation albums. Yeah. And during the commercial they would just play like, here's ten seconds of songs you might want want in this compilation. And it was just like the weirdest fucking compilation album commercial.
1: <laughs> I would love to apply this same approach to kids, Bob.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just take the same fifteen second clips, but instead of the actual version, it's uh, someone's re-recording where they've got a five-year-old to sing the melody.
1: And the five-year-old, uh, importantly, cannot say, uh, dang or shit.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Or, or ever reference sex in any way.
0: Uh, in the kids' bop version of uh, Thrift Shop by Macklemore, I think he says, uh, instead of walking in like, what up, I got a big cock, he says, what up, I got a hit song.
2: I was hoping you were going to say what they said instead of it smells like R. Kelly's sheets.
0: Oh yeah. Oh God. Uh, I'm going to look that up really quick.
2: Okay. I got to know. Oh, while you're doing that, another example from my life in frog fractions too, there are a couple of like tiger electronic style LCD games, uh, like single screen mini games. And there's one of the original frog fractions, just the, just the pond pond game where you're licking bugs. And there's another one of, uh, of Dark Souls, and that was a that was a fun little exercise to try to convert, can condense the essence of Dark Souls down to this one single screen minigame.
0: I uh, like that a lot. Yeah, they were really
1: bad tiny, uh, like you, I mean, think even some of these appeared at the dollar store. You would get uh, essentially ripoff game and watches that were trying to condense down. Like, hey, here's football, but like, yeah. what if football wasn't good? Yeah. And it was based off of very simple principles of collision, whatever else. Uh, and just that, that idea of even kind of honestly saying, what are you trying to replicate? You cannot do the entirety of baseball. So all you can do is, hey, you're controlling a little thing that can be in one of three positions. And it's going to catch a ball. And that will have some arbitrary measure of difficulty. And this is all you get. This is all you get because... You're a child. You don't need all of baseball in your hands. That would kill you. <laughs> I am increasingly interested in respect and respectful of things I previously used to despise in that area, which also brings up an interesting question. If something is already a single screen, for example, Frog Fractions, Frog Fractions has a lot of single screen things, but is also much deeper than it appears. Is it possible to make a mini frog fraction? Something that doesn't have all of frog fractions, but like condenses it
2: down. If you think of the essence of frog fractions is being surprised by a twist. I had made a game like a couple years earlier from frog fractions called Futilatris. It starts out, you start out playing Tetris. And then as soon as you make a line, the grid gets wider. So it's not a full, full width line anymore it gets a little bit deeper than that because as you uh keep widening the grid uh the screen zooms out and as you keep widening and widening the grid further it like fogs up and the music gets more reverby and so i would say like that is uh, the frog fractions like in microcosm it's like this is this is the idea in in one more bite sized format
0: futilitrist by the way i want to say is the the piece of your work that i do show people as like an example if I'm trying to demonstrate who you are. Oh yeah. Uh, shortly, so I feel like it, it, you're totally right that it is a, a good encapsulation of. Oh, thank you. you. Know, yeah. The Frog Fractions vibes. Yeah. Unfortunately, it is no longer playable. Uh, Wait, really?
2: Well, it's it's a flash game, and flash isn't a thing on any phones or most browsers these days.
0: Let me check if it works with it, but I have an add-on for Google Chrome uh, that allows you to like sandbox and play most flash games. Uh, sorry. Supernova SWF enabler.
2: Oh, that sounds very cool. I should check that out.
0: Yeah. Thrift shop, by the way, instead of uh, smells like R. Kelly's sheets, piss. It's uh smells like my baseball cleats. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh that's so good. Oh.
1: I would love to be a kids bop writer. Yeah. Oh
2: you'd be so good at it.
1: Uh I would write things that would be ju- just as disturbing if not more so. Uh but follow the same like the same like pattern of conversation. Uh, I would love
0: that. Song. Uh can we add to your stack of games? Like can we add that to your cue, Zolivir? Is, is like oh um it's like you're working in a kids bop factory and so you're given lyrics and you have to you have to match uh
2: <laughs> Oh, this would be a great like Jackbox style party game.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you're you're cutting and pushing lyrics together. Yeah. That would be interesting. There there's there's something in there. I think uh the one thing it lacks is uh copyrighted material. And we get around that by making it all UGC. Uh once you've if you've chosen to upload your things to other players, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Every time someone adds lyrics to a song uh, to the game, that that's just for the players. We didn't add that. We didn't put Goku in Fortnite. Uh, that was the players. <laughs> I uh, I think the second big thing that you'd need for that is people who were uh, musically talented slash funny to play it in some way, like someone who could do something clever with wordplay, because there is. In the brilliance as Jackbox, there is one weakness. That whoever posts come first or uh, in all caps in that order... Actually, no. Reverse that order. Whoever posts in all caps or first wins. Uh, and it would be really easy for someone to just replace a bunch of words in a song with uh, come and then just beat all the other players by default. It isn't even a competition. If
2: this is a problem that you're having, you need better friends is, is the answer to that. It's...
1: More like it's a good, really, uh, microcosm of the moral problem faced by a society because we go a really long way into the session. The the, the time always varies, but we manage to get quite a ways into the game before someone does it, and they win by such a landslide that everybody immediately bungee jumps down to their level and cuts the cord uh, mid-jump, and then it goes straight to poopy poo poo pee pee ha ha jokes for the rest of the session because the bar has been lowered.
2: Well, I was I was excited when you said like it it goes, you know, you you get so far into a session and then suddenly someone drops the cum bomb, but <laughs> I actually think like that makes it like a game of chicken where like who's going to do it first? Can you hold it back before who
0: can get the closest to come? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think that
0: is a game people play.
2: But but also like as you you were saying like the problem is like then okay people are down and they're just using naughty words instead of being funny.
0: Uh, uh, after that, that's just when the game ends.
1: Oh, so it the ticking clock is as whoever, soon as someone
0: types "come," the game ends. Yes, exactly.
1: They both win, and the game ends is a really interesting consequence because no one else can enjoy it now. You've burned the field but also you did win the game and what you have to really grapple with is how much everybody else is angry that they can't play anymore yeah because it's the law they can't play any more jackbox for the rest of the night because you posted uh, the word
0: come forever yeah they can't play anymore ever oh really their device is banned from the jackbox servers it just kills them yeah what if it's it the- proves that they're sentient and then it murders them <laughs>
1: Uh, what if it's a sequel game? Like, can you play, no, you can no longer play Jackbox six, but you can play Jackbox seven when that comes out.
2: Yeah. That makes good money sense. We could also just let them buy another copy of Jackbox (laughs) six. You just have to buy a new one every time.
0: When you were first describing this and you were mentioning player produced content and you were like, we didn't put Goku. I always thought you were going to say Goku in kids bop. And then I went down a mental rabbit hole about like, why there isn't kids' bop shows like I want a uh, kids' <sighs> bop Breaking Bad where it's acted by children uh, and you substitute all of the violent parts.
1: It's blue caprisons. I want that instead of blue meth.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: He's so good at chemistry class.
2: Instead of people being killed, they just get grounded. Yeah, kids' bop old boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the hallway fight is uh, a bunch of people doing ring around the Rosie, but like switching their partners very fast. And our main character is just going through it in the side view.
0: He's just high-fiving everyone. And then like, he's getting really tired because he has to high-five like 50 people.
1: And then some of the people come back for a high-five earlier in the hallway. So he has to go back and high-five them.
0: Yeah. I want to
2: switch topics, but I can't remember what topic we were doing.
1: It was pocket (laughs) versions of art. We got to kids bop Breaking Bad from pocket (laughs) statues and sculptures.
2: Uh, okay, are we ready for another topic?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: My topic is the Dave Matthews Band Chicago River Incident. This is um, uh, one dark day in in, in Chicago, Illinois, August eighth, two thousand four. Uh, the Dave Matthews Band tour br- bus emptied a septic tank. They tried to empty it empty it into the sh- Chicago River, but there was a tour boat directly below them. Uh, and instead, they they drenched like an open-air tour boat, and they drenched all the, up the passengers on the roof with their sewage. Chicago Mayor Richard M. Daley held a press conference saying that the dumping was absolutely unacceptable, but the Dave Matthews Band is a very good band. Wow.
1: I love the energy of like, hey, he did sh- shoot four people in a hotel in California, but gotta be honest, whatever... Van Halen touches, it kind of slaps.
0: <laughs> there was that uh, French opera singer who had to be pardoned by uh, the king twice because uh, she kept getting in duels and killing people. Uh, well, sorry, the first time it wasn't that she killed anyone. I think like her girlfriend was sent to a nunnery and then she wanted to sneak her girlfriend out of the nunnery. So she dug up a body uh, and then placed it in her girlfriend's bed and set the room on fire to make it seem as though she had burned to death. Yeah, and then that worked.
2: But she's such a good singer that we had to forgive her.
0: Yeah, they were like we need this opera singer and the king's like all right, yeah, yeah.
1: My immediate question to this is what game developer specifically makes works that you appreciate so much that if they did a non-mortal crime, I could say, didn't kill anyone, did not assault anyone, but they did for example, dump, <laughs> it was 800 pounds of human waste. Let's say they just dumped 800 pounds of human waste in a public area onto human beings. Honest mistake. Any... Everyone's been there. What game developer would you pardon?
0: I feel like if Jim did this, there's a non-zero number of people who would believe that this was an ARG. <laughs> and would like go and try and search the yeah, way no, they're
2: they're wiping the sewage from their face and they're saying is this frog fractions two? yeah
0: there's just
1: enough corn in the sewage to spell out the words uh frog fractions five
0: uh, <laughs> also the fact that jim's icon right now is uh him drinking from a mug that says is this frog fractions two? uh with that visual is good
2: yeah okay so so are, are you positing that they dump the sewage on me because I will forgive just about anybody uh, an honest mistake sewage dump
1: that's that's also true like
2: they they need to, they'll, they do they need to pay their debt to society which is probably gonna to be a fine or whatever but philosophically the things that people get canceled for are things that they don't get punished for by the judicial system mm-hmm. and I think that the the cancellation is like, our attempt at like making up for where it, where the judicial system is lacking. Like, I don't want to give examples, but like say, say you could go to jail for being a creep uh, or for, for sexual, for sexual harassment. I think you might actually be able to go to jail for sexual harassment, but like in practice, people don't very often. Um, But say like, you know, indie game studio head is a creep does jail time for being a creep at that point. Like they paid their debt to society do we not have to then accept them like you can uh you can interact with the public again
1: i i think that there's a lot of philosophical territory that you're approaching but what i'm really hearing in your argument is that you are personally calling for uh if someone does uh a bad tweet uh, <laughs> yeah just like a cursed tweet. Yep. They can and should get arrested. <laughs> yep. And I can't deny that. Uh-huh. Like, there's some justice in this, right? In in previous ages...
2: I'm glad we're on the same page. In
1: previous ages, if someone went into the market square and spread madness among the populace, uh, so much madness that other people in surrounding towns had to be like, wait, what happened there? And they had to go through the chain of logic, the chain of people, the chain of tweets... Uh, to figure out what the heck happened to cause the discourse. Whenever you start a discourse, first of all, those persons in those previous eras, they might have gone to the stake. And we're a kinder, more gentle society now. Yeah. So why don't we just deprive them of the ability to vote and lock them into a maximum security prison? Because I don't want to be afflicted with their uh, taint anymore.
0: I think we've solved it. Yeah. Hesitant. Yeah. 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 That yeah. said, as
1: soon as the, the law comes up, I'm not saying this for me, I'm saying it for a friend. There should be like a 30-day grace period in which you can remove any and all cursed tweets from your profile before the law goes into effect.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, like, Congress shall make no ex post facto law. Only only future tweets after the law is made. But if you retweet something, then it's fair game.
0: What if your tweet was disliked enough, or it just got any amount of notice past a certain point, uh, you, it would go down unless you read it out loud.
2: What if your, what if your tweet only goes viral after the law is passed?
0: Well, I was thinking of this as like a separate law, oh, or like okay. a separate idea where if you, if you have a bad take, your only punishment, uh, instead of, uh, isolation and deprivation, you have to read your tweet out loud personally, uh, to everyone who liked it.
1: Uh, What about, because that sounds like then jury duty for if I've clicked like on a cursed tweet, uh, and I don't want to do jury duty under normal circumstances, let alone because I I liked uh, a picture, a photoshopped picture of a friend jokingly putting Sonic's bare feet on the timeline for everyone to witness and
0: hurt. Well, if you can't pay the time, don't do the feet liking.
1: (laughs) That's... That's actually really good. I think the second layer to this is what if you could choose to either read it out to everyone who liked it or you had to read it to uh, your family and friends. Much like how we currently have emergency contacts, you have the list of the people you love in your life, which you must submit to the government. That can never go wrong. And it's like five to like 20 people. And depending on the severity of the crime, you have to look a number of those people in the eyes and read out the tweet you did on the internet and why you did it, and what is Twitter, and basically just answer all the questions about it until the people in the room are done.
2: Yeah. What if we had that for brands? Like, brands have to submit their family members, and then if the brand makes a bad tweet, then they have to go through that same process.
0: Or you're required to make a kid's bot version of your bad tweet. (laughs) That, That would be fun. I would do that on purpose.
2: I would say bad things all the time.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could do that without the punishment. If you wanted to make a kids' bot version of that's true your, yeah uh,
1: but. Max what would a kids' bot version of your work
0: look like Oh man okay so I tend to make things that are fairly all ages for my art cuz I I make like interactive sculptures and that's always fun cuz everyone likes messing with stuff but for my like contract work I've uh built emergency things for Uh, Boeing, Uh, so maybe a kid's bot version of that would be like emergency communication system for your little tyke's plastic wagon. Or, oh wait, no, I forgot the kids are doing it too. Uh, So I guess that would just be a child's building uh, an emergency alert system. Oh, but then the emergency has to be toned down too. So it's like a child building an electrical alert system uh, for when someone is just having, like, a little bit of a bad day.
1: What I'm hearing is this is punishment for the children as well.
0: Yeah. If you try and go into STEM, it gives you a real view of what what a career path will be. They're like, all right, you like, uh, you like playing with Legos, eh? Well, <laughs> time to work for a, a questionable aerospace company.
1: I really feel like... This would also be like a better version of the Lego movie because I liked the Lego movie and the Lego movie part two. But what if uh, as a result of playing with Legos, um, the kid got drafted uh, last Starfighter style, uh, but for being a a boring adult who now has to uh, submit architectural drafts for a new road or building in the city? Uh, over and over again because he's a child and he doesn't know how to do it but that doesn't mean he gets to walk away he's done the crime
0: yeah it was a crime of passion
1: we're just talking about criminalizing anyone who uh utilizes creative tools or computers and honestly i'm down for it
0: yeah don't ask don't tell
2: just keep that shit to yourself
1: how dare you use a computer
2: oh i'm still gonna use a computer in private just no one will ever see evidence of it yeah
1: would the internet become more or less of a degenerate place if everybody was basically an underground internet user and they're like the same way that people used to talk about smoking weed it was like hey did you see that post on twitter and someone looks around and says wait what do you mean twitter it's like i i've just heard about uh twitter i i i don't use it uh my children certainly do not use it
0: some people do that i feel like some people treat online existence as a sort of uh unspoken thing like the idea of uh communicating a meme to someone outside of a digital space is like deeply upsetting
2: to people if we outlaw Twitter, only outlaws will use Twitter. Are we ready for another topic? <laughs> yes, yep, for this topic, we're going to be reading this poem by Charles Bukowski, so you want to be a writer nelson was this was your idea? Would you like to read this one aloud?
1: Sure. If it doesn't come bursting out of you in spite of everything, don't do it. Unless it comes unasked out of your heart and your mind and your mouth and your gut, don't do it. If you have to sit for hours staring at your computer screen or hunched over your typewriter searching for words, don't do it. If you're doing it for money or fame, don't do it. If you're doing it because you want women in your bed, don't do it. If you have to sit there and rewrite it again and again, don't do it. If it's hard work just thinking about doing it, don't do it. If you're trying to write like somebody else... Forget about it. If you have to wait for it to roar out of you, then wait patiently. If it never does roar out of you, do something else. If you have to first read it to your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your parents or to anybody at all, you're not ready. Don't be like so many writers. Don't be like so many thousands of people who call themselves writers. Don't be dull and boring and pretentious. Don't be consumed with self-love. The libraries of the world have yawned themselves to sleep over your kind. Don't add to that. Don't do it unless it comes out of your soul like a rocket, unless being still... Would drive you to madness or suicide or murder. Don't do it unless the sun inside you is burning your gut. Don't do it. When it is truly time, and if you've been chosen, it will do it by itself. It will keep on doing it until you die or it dies in you. There is no other way and there
0: never was.
2: So this is a pretty intense poem from a pretty intense dude. Yeah. I uh, definitely don't agree with all of it.
0: Same here. I would say I disagree with most of its face value. Yeah, go on. The idea and the message on the face of it, of like, if you're not doing something for the right reasons, or if it's hard for you in some way, that you shouldn't be doing a thing. Uh, And if you can't take someone telling you not to, which seems to be the vibe of this, like it sells various slightly contradictory things that you shouldn't be a writer uh, if you don't do it this way or this way. Uh, Like, if it doesn't come easy... Uh, but also if it's hard uh, and like you shouldn't be showing it to people and whatever. That's just kind of society's message. You're never doing it quite right.
2: So one thing that's very familiar about this is you get the same sort of messaging around making video games. And I think that's because people are like warning young people off of a lifestyle that will perhaps lead them to destroy themselves if you're trying to like make a living making games and selling them by yourself, it is very easy to go down a road where you can like overwork yourself and end up with nothing. uh and if you go and work for a big company, they will they it's very easy for them to overwork you because this is like a a field where people are passionate to get in and excited and so I'm wondering how much of this is coming from that same sort of place where like, it's really hard to to make a living being a writer. And uh, so you need to have the, the passion in order to even attempt it.
1: I disagree with a lot of what it says around uh, process. Like if you have to rewrite it again and again. Uh, if you have to, uh, if you're doing it just because you, you know, uh you want money or fame, these are valid things to pursue a career because at the end of the day I believe creativity is a career uh enabled to be sustainable the same way that a career is. Um but the sentiment I think a, a good thing that you pointed out was uh you know it did not showing the work to others. I don't think it says that. I think um personally when I read if you first have to read it to your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your parents or to anybody at all, you're not ready is um, the sentiment of the key word in there is first. If to believe in your writing, if for this to be, or your video game, if for this to be a fountain of your expression and to be valid, it needs to be observed by outsiders first. If it is not something that you can believe in when no one else in the world has yet, then that is going to be a very hard path pursuing creativity as a career. Um, I don't think anyone should not uh pursue creativity as a career. I think in fact people pursuing creativity more pragmatically would result in healthier creative industries overall. But being deeply desperately uh driven um uh, by the essence of what you are creating, believing in it, making it to a large degree because you have to, uh this is the thing that you can bring into the world. This is the thing that you are bringing. I think if you can achieve that in your creative career and you are within that space, it provides a basis for living with the difficulty of making a living in a creative space. That is really essential. And I think that was the the piece of it that I per- identified with. Uh, I had an example recently within the studio. We're going to be revealing um, hopefully something soon for a while that we're very proud of. Uh, And I've been experiencing a crisis of faith over it. Um, And for the first time in a long time, I asked the team, is this thing good? I need someone to tell me that this is good. Um, And usually that's not how I work. I I collect feedback. Uh, I'm very grateful for it. I think that's essential. I think it's essential for other people to have a voice in the game we're making together. Um, But believing in just what is this thing? is (laughs) Is it... anything at all, should it exist, is even when people told me that it was or that it would be with modifications, I could not believe it. And it was actually yesterday. I did a bunch of stuff on that game. I went through the entirety of the script that had been written that I haven't had the chance to look at in about a month. And I found that thing again. I found that thing that if anybody inside or outside of the team told me that it won't work, I can look them in the eyes and say, with conviction, based on my experience, based off of what I want to convey with the vision of the game. No, I really think it does. And I think having that core, if you can ever get there with your brain and with your creative process, is a really important point for maintaining in what you want to say.
2: Yeah, when you, when you work on something for... I don't know what kind of time frame we're talking about here, but if you work on something for years, you're going to go through a lot of a lot of different emotions about it and a lot of different like there's lots of time for you to go into different moods and come out of them again uh and if you're trying to make a living doing this you kind of have to keep working through all of those moods um and keep motivation up if you're um you're going through a period of like self-doubt like it's very easy to get to the point where like i liked this thing 3 months ago and presumably it's better now because I've been working on it continuously since then, but now I don't like it. No, I think I was wrong. Uh, but probably what's changed is just your mood. And I don't know if Bukowski ever did more long form writing, but like when you're writing a poem, you never have to deal with that shit. You can write a poem in half an hour and be done with it. You're never going to, you're not, well, this is probably not true about some poetry, but. You don't necessarily have to spend two years working on it and live through all the different ways that you can live while still working on a thing.
1: There's actually a good example of this I read recently where uh, Bob Dylan met Leonard Cohen. They were meeting for, I think, the first time uh, or, or or one of the first times they were expressing mutual respect. And Bob Dylan said to Leonard Cohen, how long did it take you to write Hallelujah? Because he had just heard it and he loved it. And Cohen said a couple of years uh, when it was actually seven years. (laughs) Seven years to make this. And then Leonard asked Bob Dylan, how long did it take you to write like a woman? And Dylan said 15 minutes. And both of those people are legendary artists. They have very valid creative processes. They both have that burning passion for what they have made. uh, And a need to bring that into the world in some respect. But one person sitting there did that thing in 15 minutes and one person did it in seven years. And that doesn't necessarily make one or the other better. That's my take on it by the anyway.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, what's, uh, how are we looking on time? Uh, two minutes, two minutes. Okay. Then let's, let's wrap it up then no time for another topic. Nelson, you go first because you have to go. If this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet?
1: If you want to find me on the internet, at Rit Nelson on Twitter uh, or TikTok. W-R-I-T Nelson is where you can do that. And you can purchase Witch Stranding's now on Steam. I make a lot of things. You'll, you'll see the games I'm working on constantly. I just released another one called Candor Survive actually last week. There are places you can find me, and it's not hard.
2: All right.
0: And Max, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? You can go to my website. I don't know what will be there when you go. Could be anything. But it's uh, the false-panels.com, or you can email me at maxmax.infinity at gmail.com. Or you can find me in the Topic Lords Discord. Topic
1: Lords are the Discord now?
2: Oh, it's, yeah, I should have invited you to it, like, literally years ago. Uh, I'll I'll do that right now. That's fancy. Oh, thanks so much for being on.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And it's genuinely a delight to meet you, Max. I'm really fascinated by the design that you uh, do and have spoken about today. This is awesome.
0: Yeah, it was very, very nice to meet you. And thank you for having us.
2: Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. This episode was edited by Esper Quinn, who can also edit your episode if you contact them on Twitter. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com and you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode!